0: Welcome to the First Lutheran Church located at 512 South Cale Avenue in Miles City with pastoral services provided by Pastor Steve Rice. The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the sixth chapter, Then Jesus looked up at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude you, revile you, and defame you Woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. But I say to you that, listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you, and if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. The gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. you who are well rested, getting that extra hour of sleep last night but awakening to what really looks like a, uh, like a late fall day uh, here in our part of the world. Well, a few moments with uh, Luke's Gospel. Uh, it's early in the Gospel. It is actually not early in the Gospel as uh, we're at the sixth chapter, but it is early in the, uh, the ministry of our Lord. Uh, Luke provides us so much early information, really the only source of the early information of the life of Christ, uh, wherein we find the birth story and and others' uh, accounts that lead up to this moment when he calls the twelve. He summons them the twelve, from among a larger pool, if you will, of disciples. Disciple meaning one who's willing to be taught, and there seems to be a pretty substantial number of them. Uh, But from them, Jesus identifies twelve and names them. At this point, Luke names them in his gospel. So that's where we find ourselves this morning. And I want to focus in on one of the words, I think, that Probably uh, comes forth prominently as you listen or as you read the text, and that's the word "blessed." Okay, the Greek word is pronounced "makarios." That's the actual word that that Luke used uh, when writing his gospel, and so in the process of trans- uh, translating uh, that word "makarios" into the English English versions of the New Testament, most often translate "makarios" as "blessed." Or blessed. Now, in some even more contemporary versions, the word happy appears. (laughs) Now, that alternative word happy has always struck me as just a little too pedestrian, okay, for reading Holy Scripture, too commonplace to effectively communicate, at least to me, any significant spiritual depth. Happy birthday, too, you know, that's fine. Happy New Year. That's good. That's one thing. Are you happy? Or are you sad? This kind of everyday usage, however, leaves me kind of wanting. And so, blessed is a better word. And if we look at the synonyms for the word blessed, we find oh, words that include are such like uh, holy, sacred, sanctified, hallowed, and consecrated. But this morning, I'm going to propose for you a third word that in my reflection captures I think the spirit of Markarios and is perhaps more approachable to 21st century ears than either the word happy or the word that we don't use much anymore, blessed. One too common the other too foreign. So I want to propose for you the word Contented. Contented. Now I have no objection to holy, sacred, sanctified, hallowed, consecrated. But I suggest that these words ring too distant for many largely secular audiences. They, it's just not part of our language anymore. Particularly if the one who hears these words has little connection to the church. Okay, people might say, the unchurched might say, that's your word, but it's not my word. I can't relate to blessed, particularly if applied to me. And so, I offer the word contented. Contented. Okay? Using strikingly similar language to Matthew's better-known Sermon on the Mount, um, but in a wholly different context, Today, Jesus' sermon, if you will, on the plain, uh, provided an account wherein Jesus sets forth a series of blessings to and for his disciples, which we are told is a larger audience of people, as well as to those he came to call apostles, the smaller group, the Twelve. And unlike the Sermon on the Mount, Luke included with the blessings sitting alongside the blessings a series of woes and I want you to consider this morning an alternative word for that as well woe to you uh, I rather hear the Lord saying caution, <laughs> careful, be cautious and that relay that rings in my ear better so contented and cautions first Jesus blessed and so we could say One can find contentment while experiencing what certainly doesn't read to us to have been in any way or remain any way desirable qualities like poverty, hunger, sorrow, and exclusion. Then unlike the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus went on to identify a series of contrasting woes, cautions, okay, Still, to his own, I believe Jesus was conveying something of singular importance, and that was conveying that in the economy of God, the way God looks at things, and in contradiction, contrary to what the world demonstrates on a daily basis, even the poor, even the hungry, even the sorrowful, his own disciples could find contentment contentment when understood as a deep and abiding sense of well-being spiritual well-being a special kind of peace a special kind of acceptance thus we might read jesus's words in this way be content though you are poor for yours is the kingdom of god And be content though you're hungry today. Though you are hungry now. Notice the inclusion of the word now. For you will be filled. And be content though you mourn your dead this day. Be content though you weep now. For you shall laugh again. Be content when people hate you. Find you odd, withdraw from you, exclude you, revile you, defame you on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day, for your reward is great in heaven in that which is to come. It is as if Jesus was saying, contrary to some contemporary kind of political, theological, philosophical perspective, the urgency of now need not and maybe ought not be all consuming the circumstances of now need not be all defining it might even be that an overwhelming trust and need in the permanency of now can lead people to despair and despair is always destructive I suggest that jesus went even further he went on to say that the perils of prosperity among other things might in fact be just as destructive to one's spiritual well-being as well poverty having too much as perilous to your soul as having nothing at all but jesus said more Upon what appears to be those desirables in the world, Jesus pronounced a series of woes, or as I describe them, cautions. Be careful. Be cautious, particularly you who are rich. Be careful, you gluttons among us. And the incandescently self satisfied must be particularly cautious. Be very careful of these things, for like a flashing spiritual warning light, Jesus cautioned the people who define themselves by their prosperity, by their success, by their having, with an assurance that they too must in the end and inevitably know the loss of those very things. Thus comes poverty, hunger, mourning, and weeping. Now, Jesus grew up with the scriptures, and he knew the opening words well to things such as Ecclesiastes, where it is proclaimed vanity of vanities. All is vanity. And Jesus knew even the more ominous words that are in Genesis, where it is declared, Because of human sinfulness, by the sweat of your face you shall eat bread until you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Such words, you'll notice, offer no exception for the well-to-do or the well-connected. Jesus can appear in such moments as these, um, can appear to be turning the world upside down, turning the world on its head, exposing both the good and evil, by challenging those very fundamental truths by which the world always seems to operate. It always seems to work that way. Jesus' divine directive seems captured quite well, I want to submit to you in the prayer of St. Francis. Some of you will know it. Lord, me, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace, and then watch, where there's hatred, let me so love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there's darkness, light, and where there is sadness, joy. Okay. The culmination to this opening scene between Jesus and the larger audience of disciples, and specifically the 12 who were to become apostles came as jesus then gave to them conferred upon his disciples what we casually call the golden rule okay do unto others as you would have them do unto you rather than turning the world upside down i want to suggest jesus might actually have been doing something different he might be bringing the world all in the world together in a profound kind of unity only where there is this kind of unity can there be equity and only where there is equality is unity achievable and that is what i think the lord was seeking unity oneness oneness in christ if this scene was a call to equality and to unity and if jesus was speaking to those whom he had just called to be apostles and would become the church, Jesus established how a church of both rich and poor, joyful and sorrowful, great and small alike, established how such a church was to treat and to deal with one another. Okay, was to treat and deal with one another. And I think Paul really picks up on that in his instructions, in his, the epistles that he wrote to those uh, churches that he had established. Affording one another the respect, affording one another the dignity, born of the image of God, that church, it would be the church in the world, the church of both rich and poor that could find a place where it was safe to do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And such such a golden rule imposed holy expectations and obligations, even as it offered the promised path to blessedness, contentment. And so I want to suggest to you, here gathered and you here listening, that we are the blessed of God. Not always happy, not even always of one mind, but we are the blessed. As we plumb the wisdom, we plumb the depth of the Lord's words, perhaps, just perhaps, ever more content, no matter our station, content, no matter our circumstance, content, even as our lives unfold. In the closing years of my life, I would rather have peace, contentment, than more things. For should I have contentment, I know I shall be blessed. And it is to that end, and for that reason, I propose to you this day, that when you read the words blessed, you also hear the word contentment. Amen. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this production of the First Lutheran Church. We welcome you to visit us in person at 512 Kale Avenue. You can also find us on Facebook at First Lutheran Church, Miles City, Montana, and email us at flc at midrivers.com.